The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Tea with Publicity. It is your host, Alyssa Amoroso, and I am back on this fabulous Tuesday with another episode, and it is one that I am super excited about. Let me give you guys a quick rundown. So first, I will do my intro. My producer, Emily, is here, and we'll get into what I've been up to. Then we will jump into an interview with Lauren Everett's Bostic, who... I'm obsessed with she has been on my list of people to interview since I first started here so the fact that I was able to make this happen is just so great and I'm so excited because she is like an expert on wellness and beauty tips and tricks and hacks and all of those things so we really dig into wellness and I ask her to help me debunk things like you know does chlorophyll water work do infrared saunas work what about red light And she gives amazing tips. So we will get into that. Then I do the Ask Alyssa segment where I give you guys advice. And then we finish things up, as always, with the Spill the Tea segment. I am talking about the whole Brendan and Piper situation, the new D'Amelio show, and how I feel about mental health and social media and everything that was kind of showcased in that show. So it's going to be a really exciting one. So first of all, let me kick things off. Hi, Emily. What's going on? Nothing much. Just your typical Monday. Yeah, we are both feeling it a little today. I have to say, like, we both haven't really ate much. We are very tired. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a Monday. It's a doozy, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, I do want to tell you guys something funny. I am going to learn how to bet on sports and go to New Jersey and do it. So me and my coworker Alex are going to get into it. And um, you can follow along. I saw some people messaging me being like, how do I do it? I don't know. We will learn together. (laughs) We will gamble responsibly and um, hopefully learn a little bit more about sports in the meantime, because I need something to root for. Like I like, I always liked sports when either I was like obsessed with a player and wanted to follow their like story or if I you know in co- like in college my boyfriend played football so I got was into his games like right. I need something to root for yeah like it gives you something to look forward to and like have a team to, to root for yeah exactly yeah. so that's what I'm most excited about um another thing really quick before we j- jump into other things I want to tell you guys about the Barstool Sports Store. It's where you could buy all of my merch. It is store.barstoolsports.com. And with fall just around the corner, now is the time to buy our best-selling hoodies, our hats, whatever it may be that you're interested in. I personally just launched some new merch. Um, If you guys want the Manifest sweatshirt, the Self-Care Club sweatsuit, I have journals, I have home decor, there's like a plethora of things. And even if you're not buying something from my brands necessarily, if you just want something that's like Barstool branded, you can go there. So it is store.barstoolsports.com. Um, <laughs> okay, so last week was really weird for me, guys, because I don't even know, like I don't want to get into it too much, but it was one of those weeks where 
I kept accidentally getting into trouble. And like, I'm not a very confrontational person. Like, I don't like to have conflict. I like to make my friends happy. And I kept like putting my foot in my mouth, but like not meaning to. And then getting like the wrath of, you know, of do of putting my foot in my mouth. I had like four conflicts in one week. And I don't have any conflict. Sometimes I can go six months without any conflict with anyone and I had four in one week and I was so overwhelmed because like on one hand I had such a good week last week from a personal standpoint but then from like a people standpoint I had all this conflict and I was like what is going on so I'm hoping this week is like a clean slate for me (laughs) um it just was a lot for me to like emotionally handle and I don't like disappointing people or making people upset and I just need to start clean this week. Um, But from like a personal standpoint, I feel like I had a really good week. I made a commitment to myself in the beginning of the week. Like I knew I was going to be really busy because it was um, fashion week. I had some interviews at work, people I was interviewing. I knew I had personal training two times last week. So I had all of these commitments. And sometimes what happens is I overcommit and then I end up canceling things. And I'm trying to be more accountable to myself. So I was like, I'm not going to cancel any of my plans. Like, even if I'm tired, even if I'm overwhelmed, like I made these commitments and I need to follow through. So I was so proud because last week, even though I had insomnia, even though I like wasn't feeling that great, had a migraine, I didn't cancel any of my commitments. I made it to personal training twice. I made it to fashion week. I made it to my interview. Like I just did everything. So personally I was like I'm the shit and how do you feel like are you do you feel exhausted or do you feel like because I I always feel like when you accomplish things you think you're going to be tired Mm -hmm. because you're you're skipping out on taking that nap that you wanted so I feel like I always think that I'm going to end up being tired and exhausted but then you don't end up being like that so it feels better to like continue doing these things and forcing yourself to get there exactly so I felt proud of myself because Ever since I, I've, I've talked about like the birth control that I went on, ever since I went on birth control, I notice in the middle of my like pill pack, I start getting insomnia and I started, I had two nights of insomnia last week where I literally tossed and turned all night, got like four hours of sleep two nights in a row, which is awful. I love sleep. <laughs> and I, um, I knew I'm like, okay, let me look at the date. The last time this happened to me, I remember I was in Charleston and I looked at the date and it was, um, it was the eighth. And then, of course, September 8th, it was happening again. So I'm like, okay, I know this is hormonal. So I'm not going to let this dictate my week. And just because I'm tired, I'm not going to cancel things. I'm just going to do it anyway and power through. And I'll sleep on the weekend. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. And I did it. And I caught up on sleep this weekend. And like you said, like, I'm fine. Right. I feel like we just have this, like, preconceived notion that we're going to be tired. And then you skip out on things because you just need that sleep. But you actually don't sometimes and then you beat yourself up because you skipped out on things and you're laying in bed and you're like oh I'm so lazy I should have done that that's exactly how I feel all the uh-huh time. and it's like a negative self-talk then you're putting yourself down for canceling something so that's why I was just trying to like honor my commitments um because it's like you feel actually we talk about this with Lauren in the interview you feel better about yourself when you like honor commitments that you make and I'm trying to m- make that choice so yeah it's interesting I feel better this week I'm tired from my allergies but I'm not physically tired that's more just like my eyes are heavy because they're itchy (laughs) but that that too shall pass um okay I want to talk a little bit about New York Fashion Week before we do get into the interview because 
I did the math and I've been to eight years of New York Fashion Week, two times a year. So that's 16. And then I've been to London and Paris. So 17, 18. I've been to 18 seasons of New York Fashion Week, if not 20. And um, there's certain, I feel two ways about it. One, it is incredible. I made a bucket list in college and on that bucket list was attend New York Fashion Week. And now I've done it hundreds of times. And like for that reason, I'm so grateful. And it is an amazing um, thing within the industry. But there's also a lot of it that I really in my core don't like. Um, And I want to be truthful because you see it on social media. And like even myself, I was feeling a lot of FOMO last week because I see all these influencers at these splashy events. Keep in mind, I was invited to. I also could have gone, but I opted out of going. Um, One, because it's very exhausting. It's very phony, which is what I'll get into. And I just don't think it's necessarily for me all the time. Not to say I don't enjoy it from time to time. But I feel like the actual shows are incredible because it's really cool to see these designers put all this hard work into these pieces. The music, the actual like production of going to a fashion show is incredible. Um, it lasts like 15 minutes. Like it's not long. It's just like people come out, they walk, you leave. Um, so that's really beautiful. But what I don't like about Fashion Week is the politics of it. It's a pissing contest. It's like hey babe how are you what row are you in oh you're in second row okay yeah I'll be in first (laughs) it's like very much that oh hey hon how are you did you get invited to the Dior show oh you didn't okay I'll see you tomorrow (laughs) it's that do you know what like it is people flexing their invites and their status right and the more followers you have the more close to the front you are and the less followers you have you're in the back and it's very much like and I get that obviously I'm a marketer like you want the people that are notable to be in the front because they're gonna put it on their stories and get you the most eyeballs like I don't fault anyone for any of this it's just annoying when everyone's just like Oh, you didn't go to the Bulgari party? Bulgari party? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I got invited. I got invited. But, oh, you want the contact? No, I can't share it. Sorry. <laughs> you know? Like, ugh. I can't. Um, so for me, after someone who's been doing this for so many years, like, I'm a little bit over the ass kissing of it all. Whereas... When I was fresh in it, I kind of had to take place in the ass kissing because it's a great time to network. Like my favorite part of Fashion Week is seeing friends in the industry. Like some of the fashion influencers that I used to be friends with, I haven't seen in two years because of COVID. So it's really nice to like connect with people and you could show up to an event alone and you know you're going to know 30 people in the room. Like it's really cool in that way, but it's also very much like, oh, these people don't want to talk to me because I don't have as many followers as the girl next to me. Right. Just gross. It gets exhausting after a while. It's exhausting. I can see that. It's exhausting, and it's also, it's a lot of money, too, because a lot of the shows, like, years in years past, they used to all be at Lincoln, Lincoln Center or Spring Studios. Now, brands show wherever. So, let's say you have a show at one, and then one at two, and then one at three. They could be in Soho, Uptown, Downtown. So you're running around, you're spending all this money on Ubers because you're not really going to be on the subway, like, dripping sweat when you're dressed in couture. 
Right. It's, it's, you know, so it's expensive. It's tiring. You're on your feet all day. Your phone's dying. It, it's a lot. And, and it just, you know, I'm fine going to a few shows, seeing people I want to see, and then dipping out. I don't need to do like seven days of back-to-back things. It's right. too much for me. Um, okay. So I will end it there. I'll stop, I'll stop my rant. Um, one last thing. If you guys follow me on Instagram, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, I think my laundry mat is stealing my Lululemon clothes. So I'm trying to figure that out with them. Um, I have a little bone to pick, but let me get into the interview with Lauren and let me tell you guys a little bit about her before we get into it. Here is her bio because you like this just kind of sums up if you're not familiar with her and if you are familiar with her like holy hell is she impressive so lauren everett bostic has turned her passion for beauty wellness and no sensor advice into one of the most distinctive blogs online today the skinny confidential along with the blog lauren has released two books the skinny confidential lifestyle guide and get the fuck out of the sun In partnership with her husband, Michael, she hosts a cheeky entrepreneurial podcast called The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, which has nearly 100 million downloads. Lauren works with top-tier brands while continuing to connect with her community on a daily basis, plus she's a new-ish mom to her beautiful daughter, Zaza. So here is the interview with Lauren, and I will do Ask Alyssa when I come back. So first things first interesting question I talk a lot about mental health and stuff and I'm curious what's your like inner dialogue like with yourself are you kind to yourself are you hard on yourself what's your self-talk like I would say it's a complete Gemini like Mm -hmm. it's either it's either really productive or it's not but what I have noticed looking back is when it's not productive I'm using it to still drive forward, if that makes sense. So if it's like, oh, I have to prove this, I'm using it in uh, a way that I'm using my energy right. Does that make sense? Let me let me explain what I mean. So if it's negative, if it has a negative undertone, I think I try to channel that in a way that's productive to whatever I'm doing. Mm. And so inner self-talk is like, oh, I need to prove this. But I got to a point, I think, and I've talked to a lot of successful people where they say that they started trying to prove something. And while that works, it stops working after a while. Hmm. So I've realized with my self-talk, the proving thing doesn't work. And looking back on that, that's negative to try to prove things. But I do think at the same time it served me. So that's it's a hard yeah. answer. It's negative, but it's not. Does that make sense? I get it because I'm the same way. Like I'm hard on myself sometimes, but that also pushes you to do better. Yes. Because you're kind of like going against yourself. Like you won't like you have to do this. You have to do that. Um, I know it's interesting because like as I try to check myself more and be like, okay, you're being like a bitch to yourself. Like be nice, have compassion, allow grace. Like have you, do you allow yourself more grace now that you're a mother or now that you, I I think I've heard on your podcast that you like actually schedule out times. Like this is work time. This is time to go on social media. Does like allowing yourself more grace kind of like help ease up on some of that like anxiety or just like, ease up on you being hard on yourself to get things done I think to explain it easier is I hold myself accountable Mm. 
I and and I think that I want to be the best version of whatever I am in every area. And while that has so many positive things, it also comes with things maybe that are negative. But I think with any positive thing, there's always going to be a negative thing. So I'll give you an example to get really granular. I gained 55 pounds when I was pregnant. And the talk inside my head probably was not productive Mm. at all. That's just being really honest. I, I, looking back, I don't think that was productive. Now I've tried to shift my mindset to thinking and visualizing how I want my life and my, even my, my body to feel, to look. I've started visualizing how I want it to feel and look as opposed to being like living in scarcity and being like, I never want to go back to being 55 pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm super observant of the thoughts that I'm having. So when I going back to the accountability thing, it's like holding yourself accountable for what's not serving you within your thoughts. And I actually learned that from microdosing mushrooms, just observing what I'm thinking to make sure it's serving me in the way it should be. And this is like getting so deep the second that we go in, but yeah, that's like, I think it's really important just to give a theme of this, to be self-aware of your thoughts. Mm, I talk about that a lot. I see a therapist and I talk about it with her because it's interesting because I always say to her, I'm like, I don't break promises to other people, but I break promises to myself and I don't have that accountability with myself all the time. And that's something I'm working on. Like, for example, after this interview, I have a personal trainer. I would never not go to that today because I made that commitment to him. But if it was just me wanting to work out at 6 p.m., I'd be like, eh, it's raining. I'm not going today. So it's like, you know, working through, like, staying accountable to yourself. And I think that takes a lot of practice. Like you said, you're checking yourself all the time. It is a practice. It's a practice. And it's meditating and it's breath work and it's being still. We are we have completely underestimated sitting still. I can't believe how much clarity you can get in silence and it's so simple and no one wants to do it and the reason they don't want to do it is because it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable being with yourself so I think like really having a practice of sitting still and gaining clarity and really really examining your thoughts because your thoughts are what make up makes up your life yeah so I've I really take time to think of okay, the way I'm talking to myself isn't, isn't nice. Like, I, I think it's fine to have someone to keep you accountable too. I think that, that you actually are keeping a promise to yourself by having a trainer because mm-hmm. you're following through with something that you know will keep you accountable. So I think that that's fine, but I think it's important to just really keep yourself accountable to whatever you're thinking because it really does make up your life. Yeah, they, yeah it's like it shows integrity too, I think to show the follow through commitments, whether it be with someone else or with yourself. And this whole concept of sitting in silence, it's really weird because I'm single and I, whenever I go on vacation, I feel way more single than ever. And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, how come when I'm on vacation, I'm like thinking about things so much more. And I'm like, it's because I'm in freaking silence. It's because in my everyday life, I'm working, I'm hustling, I live in New York City, I'm listening to podcasts. When you're on vacation and you're on a beach and you're trying to relax, your brain is just like like thinking, thinking, thinking. And it's because like we don't give ourselves that time to be still and like really feel our feelings. Um, which kind of leads me to my next question. 
could you walk me through like your routine a little bit like your meditation when you wake up because I feel like you're a pretty regimented person I schedule time in my calendar to be still and I'll give you examples of what I mean by that this Saturday I'm going to an isolation tank it's a float tank you go and you float and there's no stimulation and I think someone who lives in New York City should really really tap into this you are constantly being your cortisol's rising think about it you're mm-hmm. sleeping there's an ambulance you're even when you're sleeping you're not being quiet and so i think that for for someone like you it's really important to seek out opportunity where you are dead silent and and that is maybe getting noise canceling headphones and sitting and meditating or finding a float tank so what i'll do this saturday is i'll float you just go in salt water and you literally lay there with no stimulation for an hour. And the ideas that I will get from my business of from that hour mm-hmm. will, there's, there will be nothing like it than I could have gotten all week. So that's an example of being still as far as like micro daily routine. Um, I think this is like such a boring answer, but I make time to meditate. I mean, it's, it's, it's not glamorous. Like I do not check my phone when I wake up. I don't even look at it. I don't want to see everyone's to-do list. I literally put it away. I turn on like, like a frequency sound bowl music. And I just want to make the bed. I want to have my thoughts. I want to be quiet. I want to meditate. And I learned that from someone named Keith Cunningham. He wrote the road less stupid Mm. and he's very successful. And he said, the smartest people in the world that he's ever talked to have think week and thinking time. And I think we've gotten to this place in life where we constantly have to be distracted by our phone. I think being on my phone is just as meaningful as being off of it. I have more ideas and more business plans when I'm off my phone. So I really think just having space to think and having creative time on the calendar and not being so reactive all the time is incredibly effective. Uh, breath work by Wim Hof is great. You know, I, I, today I had an hour conference call. I took a walk Why I had, why I had the call. Uh, another thing, this is stupid, but we're, we're going to go to, to listen to sound bowls, like just finding these times in your busy day, especially in New York to be quiet. When I go to New York, my energy is wild why I'm there but the second I come home I crash mm. so I think paying attention to, to wherever you live is important to be able to carve out those pockets of time one tip that I actually got from you that I've implemented because I'm big on self-care I, I remember you saying um, that you get like foot massages and you just use it as like an hour to do emails or whatever it may be and I'm big on stuff like that too I'll get like glam squad to come to my house and do my hair while like give me a blowout whereas like normally that might take me an hour and a half and like that's my time to be productive but it's also like a bit of self-care because it feels nice to get pampered but be productive and I do try to do stuff like that And, and one thing I think about that comes to mind is whenever I get eyelash extensions that's the one time where I'm like I am laying there with my thoughts for like an hour hour and a half And you're right. You get so many creative ideas. The only thing I wish I could do was write them down. (laughs) I'm like, my eyes are glued shut and I want to write these down. Honestly, like I, if I were you, if, if, 
anyone tries to talk and you don't want to talk during a service, I would put noise canceling headphones on and I would do a meditation, like Mm -hmm. a guided meditation. Just put it in your ears while you're doing that. Or just like you said, sit in silence. Um, and you, maybe you bring a recorder and you just pick it up and say mm-hmm. it into the recorder while you're, while you're getting your eyelashes. That sounds like that's a space though, for you to grow your business. And I just, I just can't believe as a culture, how, how no one talks about being still besides Ryan holiday talks about it a lot, being still and just having space to think. I know Joe Rogan says he plans all his podcasts when he's in a float tank. I mean, this idea of we always have to be like connected on our phone is just, it's just crazy. That's so true, especially because I was a publicist and my job was always putting out fires. It was like, we need this and we needed it five minutes ago. So I think I'm sometimes used to reacting instead of just like thinking actually the other night I had insomnia which sucks but I had like the best creative ideas yeah in that time that I was awake and the next day I was like I'm ready to go I had so many great ideas last night so yeah sometimes it is just those moments of quietness that you really could think Um, I mean look at COVID look what COVID did how many people have moved changed jobs divorced gone somewhere else because they had time to sit with themselves it's very uncomfortable, so but when you sit with yourself, you change. It was very interesting to me how so many people changed their entire life, including me. I said, what am I doing in LA? I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Why am I in LA? So I was able to really self-reflect. Um, but that makes total sense that with insomnia, you, you have the best ideas. Um, I would definitely get noise canceling headphones. I would get a spot that you meditate in. I would do like a red light on your phone, like anything that just really helps like relax you red light at night, anything that's bringing your cortisol down, I think is what the world needs right now. Okay. So it's funny you bring up red light because I had a little game, but I feel like we could expand on everything so we can make it a topic of conversation worth it or waste. And one of my things was red light. And I want you to like, you have so many opinions on all these things. You've tried everything. So I want to know, okay, I put, I put infrared lights, I guess, which is kind of the same. Um, you believe in it. You think it works. Well, first of all, what I would tell you first before anything is get red light bulbs. Mm. So I don't, in my bedroom, I'm never turning on artificial light. I don't want, when I wake up, the shades are up. It's natural light in my room. And when I'm winding down, I don't want that DMV lighting in my, in my room. I want a super calm light and red light is known if it's in your room to bring down your cortisol. It's going to relax you. It tells your brain it's time to go to bed. It calms you down. So red light bulbs in your room, I think everyone on the planet should have that it's, it's changed my wind down. Um, as far as, as red light, like red light therapy, Mm -hmm. I find that the juve has been so effective. I mean, I'm all about wellness that works on the go and is quick. And so for me to be able to do breath work for 10 minutes in front of the juve, and it's like waking me up and it's good for my skin and my hair and my vitality. Like I'm all about it. If it's like this huge contraption that I have to like put on, I I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to just, I I, like, it has to sell time for me. I stand in front of it. I can do the breath work. I can 
write my to-do list. It's amazing. I, I definitely notice a difference. I think red light in general is worth it. Okay. So worth it. Um, next one is collagen. So like collagen in, that you ingest in like a pill form or like a collagen creamer that you put in your coffee. Do you buy it? I, it's not something I have every single day, but I've heard different opinions on it. So that's not, so I don't, I, I honestly, I would have to say, I don't know if it's worth it or not. That's yeah. not something I, I have like certain things I go to every day and I, I like collagen, but that's not one of the things I'm constantly reaching for. Yeah. I, use it here and there. I have no idea if I've seen results or not from right. the collagen in my face. Like not enough to say. I think with most things, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea if this is doing anything. Um, my other one is chlorophyll water. I love chlorophyll water. I, I do that every morning. Again, that's easy. Two drops in my water. I cannot travel to any kind of um, high altitude without chlorophyll or I'll get sick. Hmm. So I love chlorophyll. I didn't realize it. it helps with that. Oh my God. You'll never get altitude sickness again. It's so weird because when I went somewhere with high altitude, I got, speaking of insomnia, I had insomnia the whole time. And I was like, this is so weird. And I Googled, I'm like, like, um, insomnia with altitude and it's like a thing. So next time I'm bringing chlorophyll. I was like, what the heck is going on? They have it at the hotel. If you ask, like if you go to Aspen, they have it at every hotel. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So I bought it too and I haven't been consistent with using it, but maybe I need to start. Like I'm all about hacks on how to use it. So what I would say is I'm assuming you wake up and drink lemon water because I feel like everyone on the planet does that. Okay. (laughs) That was on my list. (laughs) Yeah. You're drinking out of, out of your like hydro flask thing right now. Just put, just associate the habit of doing lemon water with chlorophyll. Mm -hmm. So whenever I want to make a habit, I associate it with something else. So for instance, when I do breath work, I associate it with the juve. When I do lemon water, I associate it with chlorophyll. So I can't just like add a habit randomly. It has to be associated with something else I'm doing. When I'm done brushing my teeth, I do my skincare routine. When I wake up, I don't check my phone. I make the bed. Like every habit should be associated with something to make it last. Does that make sense? I think that's a great yeah. tip because it's like, for example, like if you associate taking your vitamins with brushing your teeth like let's say it's like you know you're going to brush your teeth every day so you just attach it to something that you're already doing I think that's an amazing tip I love that um what about intermittent intermittent why can't I say that intermittent fasting what's it called I can't say anything so don't worry I get yelled at for not pronouncing anything right intermittent fasting <laughs> worth it or waste I, I'm not hungry in the morning. I'm just not, I'm not someone who likes to wake up and have a huge breakfast. I, so I I usually don't eat until 11 o'clock. I don't, I don't even know if I like do it on purpose. I just don't, I'm not a big eater in the morning. So you're Um, unintentionally fasting. yeah, Yeah. I think, I think what I have to work on and what I think is really effective is to stop eating after seven. I think that is absolutely game changing. And I think that's when it can be really effective. And I think it's worth it for a while. I was eating in bed because I was so busy at like Mm. nine o'clock at night. Like that's not going to work. Yeah. So what I've tried to do lately is stop to stop eating at seven and then maybe I'll start eating at like 10 30 or 11. Um, I think intermittent fasting, you have to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. That's not one size fits all. Like if you're hungry in the morning, eat. And your intuition's telling you to eat. I'm a, I'm a big fan of listening to your intuition. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that because 
there's some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I'm starving. And then there's other mornings where you're fine. And I think it's about, like you said, listening to cues of your body. If you wake up starving, don't starve yourself till noon. Like, right. Because a diet says to. Right. No, I completely completely agree with that. Um, Okay. This one's a little weird, but what about crystals? Like I... I'm one of those people, like, do I buy into it? Sure. Do, again, do I know if it works? No freaking clue. Like, <laughs> I have no I idea. think, I mean, science-wise, it's earthing. It's it's grounding. There's ions in crystals that are found in the earth. There's ground, there's ions that are found in grass and sand. You go to the beach, you put your feet on the sand, it takes your hangover away. Mm. It's because there are ions in crystals. This is This is a fact. I'm yeah. not making this up. So I love crystals because I find it very grounding. I love, this is so weird, but my daughter and I like, will touch a tree. Like we put our hand on a tree. Like when you, when is the last time, especially in New York, that you went outside and put your feet on the earth? I couldn't tell you. That it's, it's so good for you. And this is again, not my opinion. This is facts. You can go, you know, read about earthing and grounding. So with crystals, I find that to be, especially if you're in New York, something that's powerful because you can touch a stone and touch mm-hmm. nature. Um, I I have like a couple crystals that I have that I'll hold when I'm meditating or I have a crystal eye mask that I'll put on top of my eyes. I, I like crystals. I'm not like crazy crystals all over my house, but I do find them to be very grounding. That's a good point about the grounding because when during COVID – I went to my parents' beach house for a bit and every day I would walk to the beach and put my feet in the sand and like I would just feel like a weight lift almost off my chest. Like you really do feel that connection and like it's just something about it is so powerful and I wanted to keep doing that and then I'm like, great, okay, I'm in New York. Let me go put my feet on the pavement. Like it's not going to Honestly, you're going to think I'm fucking crazy. You should tell your parents to go to the beach and send you – three pounds of sand and put the sand in a litter box like a cat I was gonna say make it like a little tub (laughs) and put your feet in it like I think with in New York City you do have to get creative with your wellness because it it, I mean when I like I said when I go there I have lots of energy while I'm there but when I come back home I crash because Mm -hmm. it is so gnarly on your cortisol so like getting like I honestly I know this sounds crazy but I would put my feet in the litter box while I was like working on the computer because it's like touch people are probably going to be like this bitch is crazy. Honestly, and in my head, I'm like, sounds nice. <laughs> I mean, like it, it, it's, it is important to touch the earth. It's very, it feels very good. And once you, once you like tune into that, it's hard to sort of like tune out of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's weird to not have like nature around and I'm almost my body's built like an aversion to grass, I swear. I never had an allergy. I've lived in New York for eight years. I go to my parents on the weekends. I'm sneezing. Everything's itchy. I'm like, when did I become allergic to nature? Living in the city has just completely like stripped me of nature that I'm allergic now. It's like insane. It's it's so wild. That is wild. That you're, it's probably your body telling you like you need to be in nature more. But but there's so many pros of New York City. I love New York City. I just think that you do have to like get those pockets and moments of time where you can connect to nature. Totally. Um, one other thing I want to ask you is I like when you're interviewing people and the way you answer questions, like you speak with a lot of conviction and a lot of like certainty and confidence. 
where do you get that from? Like, are you just sure of yourself? Like, have you always been that way? Or is that something as you've kind of matured in your career that you've just become more confident? I think that that's something that my parents just, I think it has to do with my parents and my upbringing, I I would say. I mean, they, I came from a household that as I grow up real, I didn't know this when I was in it because I didn't know how other people grew up. I just grew up in a household that was very non-judgmental. Like it, it, it was like, there was never anyone telling me you can't do this and you can't be this. It's like, oh, you want to do that? You can do it. Go figure it out. Go figure out how to do it. Um, and I think that, that looking back, I wouldn't have known it at the time, but I think that that was good for, for instilling confidence in someone. Mm. It's like, you can do whatever you want, but you have to go figure out how to go get it. And that was with everything. Um, so I, I think that's maybe something I, I think from birth, I've been an oversharer. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think that, that maybe that is just like part of my personality. Um, and I think, I think with confidence too, I think there's a fine line between confidence and also maintaining like a level. It's important to also be humble. I want to teach my daughter confidence is Mm -hmm. great, but sometimes confidence can go too far. We've seen that. So Mm -hmm. again, there's pros and cons. Um, I, I really try to check myself, keep myself accountable, be grateful, meditate, do all these things. I think that helps, but really, I do think that things about my personality, like what you just mentioned, definitely, I have to totally credit my parents. My, both mm-hmm. my parents were very, very confident, um, non-judgmental, warm, disarming people. And um, if I got any of that, I'll be happy. Like any, mm-hmm. if any of that magic rubbed off on me, I'm good. That's funny because I say the same thing. I'm like my parents raised my sister and I to be very confident. And like it's the one thing and now as I'm, as I'm an adult in hindsight, I'm like that's the one thing I want to take when I when I become a mom and like hand off to my kids because I just you see so many people struggling with things and just having confidence innately like built in is such a great quality that I don't take for granted (laughs) because I mean don't get me wrong there's times when I am so not confident too but it's just like it's a great way to be um brought up so that's really awesome I think it too, if you're struggling with confidence, by the way, it's not impossible to get confidence. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't think that if you are struggling with confidence that you can't work that muscle, you know, Ed Milet is someone who I really look up to. And he always says confidence comes from the promises that you keep to yourself. So what I would say to do, if I was like mentoring someone that was feeling insecure is I would say, make three promises a week to yourself and complete those promises. And an app that I've been really loving right now is called Tally. And I have on there, you know, right now I'm doing a thing where I'm not drinking for 70 days. So I have like a countdown for that. I have a countdown for how many minutes I meditated, how much I got into nature, breath work. You could put sex on there, whatever you want. And you just can continue every day to keep the promises that you have to yourself. And I think that that builds the muscle of confidence, which is why when people lose weight, a lot of weight, have you ever noticed their confidence obviously gets better? A lot Mm -hmm. of people would say, oh, it's because the way they look. I don't think so. I think it's because they set out to do something and they they, they accomplish the promises that they said that they were going to make to themselves. So I think 
you know, what's helped me build the muscle of confidence, you know, that I definitely think I got from my parents is making sure that I am keeping the promises that I tell myself I'm going to keep. And again, that's getting quiet and writing down what those are. No one can tell you that. That's so true. And it actually goes back to the very first thing that we talked about, which is like holding yourself accountable and doing things for yourself and having that you know, commitment to yourself because you're right. Like you feel so confident when you actually, when you write things down on a to-do list and you check them off and you know that you did them, nothing's worse than looking at your to-do list and keep moving them over to the next day and just never getting there because then that negative self-talk, oh, you didn't get anything done. You're so lazy. Then that kicks in. What's better than being like, I did everything and I feel I think great. too with you, with your podcast, like doesn't it feel great when you say, I'm going to get an episode up every Tuesday and you follow through with that. That's building your confidence muscle. Mm-hmm. And same with you said, you mentioned your trainer. Like when you follow through with that, you, you know, let's say you work out three times a week, like it feels good to, to follow through with things that you said you were going to do. So I would examine if you're not feeling confident, what your promises are that you're making to yourself. And if you're following through with them in work in business in life. Mm-hmm. No, that's such a great tip. Well, Lauren, where could everyone, I know you have like a million things. You have a book product line. Where could everyone follow you and um, figure everything out, buy all your products, buy your book. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, what you're doing is so cool. Thank you. Your whole setup, everything. That was so much fun. That was a different conversation too. I yeah. loved it. I like to, I joke, I'm like, I'm on a sports network and I'm just talking about girly shit. I don't care what's going on. I'm like, let's just it. talk about stuff that people want to know. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know you have an incredible community. So thank you guys for listening. You can find me at Lauren Bostick at The Skinny Confidential. And my book is called Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. And the product is on uh, shopskinnyconfidential.com. Oh, I should tell you really quick. I ordered the face oil and the ice roller because I'm like, first of all, I like to support other women. And second of all, I'm like, I got to try this before I talk to her. Like, I need to know what this is all about. I've been using it every morning. Honestly, I I love New York so much, but the weather there is, it's a little rough. Mm -hmm. It's a little rough. On the skin, you like I was puffy as fuck there. Yeah, yeah. And also, like aside from even the puffiness, it just it wakes me up to have yeah. just something cold on my face. Like it just in the morning, I'm just like, woof. There's that like burst of energy. <laughs> so wake up with your ice roller, yeah. have morning sex, meditate. Just don't look at your phone. Your chlorophyll water. <laughs> yeah, don't look at your phone. Go ground your feet, your sand, and your kitty litter box. <laughs> Okay, I will be better. I got to put my phone down and I'll get my kitty litter. (laughs) If you get a kitty litter box, you better message me on Instagram because tell your parents it has to be real sand. I'm going to the beach this weekend. I'm going to be coming home with like buckets of sand. I would do it. I swear. I swear to God I would do that. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. It was so nice having you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Okay, guys, ask Alyssa and Emily, you can chime in and, and help me with this. Um, okay. Hi, Alyssa. Love the pod and you. I'm in college, so this might be a very college scenario, but I need some advice. I went on a date with a boy, let's call him John, at the end of last semester. We didn't talk much over the summer. We didn't really know each other before the date. But now that we're back at school, we are very flirty, and I really think that he's going to ask me out again soon. The tricky part is that a close mutual friend of both of ours, let's call him Steve... <laughs> 
unexpectedly asked me out on a date last week, which I had to politely decline. If John asked me on another date, how do I address this slash should I tell him about Steve since they are friends? For context, I don't think John knows that Steve asked me out. I'm not sure if this would make things weird between the two of them slash if it would be intrusive or rude Oh, insensitive or rude for me to go out with John so soon, knowing that they are friends. But I feel like it's something I should just ignore, right? Any advice is appreciated. Thank you. Um, am I? Is it just me? Like, I didn't really go on dates in college. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I went on a couple, but guys in college are very... It was more like we'd hook up at the bar and then right. we'd be like, hey, come to my dorm room. Exactly, but... Like, I wasn't like... No one was, like, taking me out, really. Yeah, no. I, I mean, so, like, I good wish... like you. Yeah, yeah. good for her. <laughs> I'd say ignore because she's not, like, consistently seeing this guy yet and, like, she doesn't owe it to him to tell him anything and also, like, maybe it'll create unnecessary drama that, you know, he might not need in his life and, like, she, you know, he might be like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, I think just leave it. Yeah, I think, honestly, you don't owe this guy anything, really. If you haven't spoken all summer and now you're back at school, just let things naturally happen and maybe you'll end up dating him. Maybe you won't. But also, like, the cynical side of me is also, like, guys love competition. So you don't have to tell him. But if he finds out his friend's into you, that also might, like, kind of kick his ass into gear to be like, no, she's, I like her. So it's not the worst thing in the world, I don't think. But I don't think you need to, like, tell him necessarily. But just see if you two end up going out. And I also don't think you even had to decline the date with the friend necessarily. Yeah. Because you only went on one date with the other guy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, you're almost being so respectful, which, like, obviously I'm never going to tell someone not to be respectful. But, like, you're being so mature and respectful. And I don't know college to be that way. No. To me, college is just, like, everyone hooks up with friends. Like Everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. Fun. And you don't owe anybody anything, especially, like, after one date and then, like, a whole summer break in between. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe it'll even push the friend to, like, Want to pursue things. Yeah. yeah. So I think I would just slow burn it. See how – see how um, – what did you call him? The first guy, John. See how John – acts like if he's going to ask you back out if you're going to see him out at a party or in class or whatever it may be and see where things go with him it kind of sounds like you're just not even interested in the friend anyway so I wouldn't say anything I would just keep going about your business and hopefully things work out for you good luck okay next question ask Alyssa hi Alyssa loving the pod so much I've been struggling a lot lately with my marriage Long story short, I caught my husband sexting and flirting with a woman on New Year's Day. We separated for a bit and he wanted me to come back home. I told him I would only come back if we did therapy, something he refused to do for years. Now I found out that he's on a dating site, Plenty of Fish, and he's been watching a lot of porn. This is all when I'm going to pick up my son from daycare or when I'm at my dance performances. Dance performances. I've been with this man since I was 19, together six years, married two. He has his profile that he is single and has no kids, but we have a two-year-old together. I've been plotting a divorce and getting my ducks in a row before I pulled the trigger. My friend said I'm being selfish and I'm going to ruin my family and my son's life, but I feel ready and I don't want to get worse later down the road. I'm hurt, but I'm also at peace with my decision. My mom said it's my fault 
that I'm in this position because I don't dress up like I used to and I'm out doing dance performances on Friday and Saturday nights. But that's another way I make money on top of my nine to five work from home and I'm still in college. We don't share bank accounts and he doesn't give me money to contribute to what my son needs on a daily basis. He says I should be grateful that I'm living in the house rent free. I'm afraid that I'm making the wrong decision. Please help me. Am I being selfish? Is it wrong that I'm plotting a divorce after seeing this without confronting him? Was it all my fault? So I wrote back because like I had to write back right away and I said, oh my God, I will get to this. But my initial gut feeling is you're doing the right thing because I was like, I can't leave this unanswered, you know? No, a hundred percent. First of all, there's a lot to freaking unpack here. He cheated on you. He um, has what dating apps, pretending he's single and doesn't have a kid. Girl, you have every right to leave his ass and the fact that people are guilting you is absolutely ridiculous because it's probably a better life for your son to see you guys divorced and both happy than to see you in a relationship that isn't serving you so I just don't agree with any of these people in your life I think you're doing the right thing get your ducks in a row the fact that you're working two jobs you're going to college like you're doing everything you can to provide a life for your son and yourself and it sounds like this guy's not helping you and he's holding you back move move on you're doing 100% the right thing yeah I think it's you know it's never selfish to get a divorce if you're not happy regardless of if you have kids or not Mm -hmm. like people so many kids have divorced parents and you know it does suck and but people get over it and you know you have to do what feels right and makes you happy and you know if if people are guilting you because like maybe you're not dressing up as Mm -hmm. much anymore like do what makes you happy and someone one day will love you for that and you should never feel like you have to dress up or look a certain way for your own husband like your own husband should love you for who you are and him saying like you're lucky to live rent free here it's like what does that mean exactly it's like what you're married you're I, like what you should you- never like put that type of pressure on someone when you're married like that's that should never even be a consideration so I think she's absolutely doing the right thing absolutely and I I'm seeing now that she had replied to me saying more so let me just read it she said oh my god thank you I feel like anytime I call him out on his bullshit it turns out to be my fault I just want to give my son and I would just want to give my son a mom and dad but it's a false narrative I don't want him to feel scared to leave someone just because he has a kid with someone I'm just stuck I don't have enough money to hire an, an attorney so I have to gather all of this evidence while I can Yes, you're exactly saying what I just said. You don't want your son to see you just stick with someone because it's like convenient or or because society says that you have to like stay married. You know the answer. Like I feel like she even said she's getting her ducks in the row. You know what to do. Don't listen to outside influences. It sucks that it has to affect your relationship with like friends or your parents. But I mean, they're teaching you basically that you're not worthy of – like standing your ground and being with someone because they want you to stay with a cheater like it makes no sense no you don't deserve to be with someone who's out there dating and by the way like this is literally the definition of gaslighting making somebody feel like it's their fault when it's yours yeah it has nothing to do with you so I think you're doing the right thing gather all of the evidence and um just you know keep saving up and try to you know figure out a a plan of action forward and you sound like a strong woman, so you will get through this, and I have faith in you. 
Okay, guys, let's spill the tea. There are some things to discuss today because I want to talk about the Dixie D'Amelio. Oh, wait, not the Dixie D'Amelio. The D'Amelio show, period, like in general. All of them are in it, not just Dixie. And, um, you know, some Bachelor in Paradise stuff. There's just a lot. There's a lot. Um, Okay, the D'Amelio show, I watched it in one day. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. Is it? Fully out? Fully out. Are they releasing via? Okay, so. It's fully out on Hulu. Um, Okay, that's my next watch. Oh, (laughs) you need to watch it. So I'm going to give you guys my top line thoughts. I think um, I liked the way it was a docu-series and not a quote-unquote like reality show, even though it technically was reality. But I think we all kind of pictured it to be like a Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And what was better about it was that there was no like fake plot lines like you know on keeping up with the Kardashians they like you know have like a themed episode where they like eggs you know um trash someone's house or like play a prank it was none of that it was no fluff it was very much like Dixie and Charlie talking about their sudden rise to fame their struggles with mental health and um, the parents also nag- navigating having children that are blowing up at the moment and it made me really sad. I'm not going to lie. I think it was really awful to see how much they struggle with fame and worth and the trolls and the stuff that basically other people put onto them. Um, you know, Charlie was 16 when it was filmed. Dixie was 19. It's like these are young girls. And um, it pissed me off after watching the show because – I feel like what are these social media apps doing to help people's mental health? Like it shouldn't be allowed for people to just troll you. I feel like there needs to be better censors or I think I've been hearing um, that some social media apps are talking about having you register for your account by logging in with an ID and like that would prevent so many people from having profiles where they're just hiding behind troll accounts I think that's really smart I haven't heard so smart like why are we not implementing these things so at least if you're trolling someone we could be like oh Alyssa Amoroso is being a troll you know who it is Mm -hmm. and there's um, a name behind the hate yeah like I just feel like we all keep talking about it mental health trolling and like who's doing anything about it I know that on TikTok you can filter out certain words from your comments so if someone says like a certain word yeah. that you don't want to see in your comments like those comments like they think they're commenting it but it won't show up and you won't see it the which issue- I think like they need to do more of on other apps as well so the issue is I was talking to someone about this recently and I was like oh just put comment filters on they were like they're awful <laughs> like they you could let's say you could only add like 20 words to the list they're like I can't add anymore <laughs> I have comment filters on YouTube TikTok, Instagram, every platform because I don't really like men sliding into my DMs and calling me um, a fat cow or a a messy whore or whatever people say. So I have all negative words blocked and that's to protect my own mental health because I don't want to log onto my phone at 8 a.m. and see an awful comment and then feel a punch to my gut. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so... I agree, but I think that these platforms, like, need to do something more. It was, you know, Dixie was, like, trigger warning. Dixie was talking about suicide, like, suicidal thoughts. And Charlie, 
it's just like something's got to give. It's mm-hmm. really unhealthy. And I think what people don't realize is this isn't, they're not someone with 1 million followers getting hate. They're someone with 100 million followers. That's so many opinions and they're so young and it's really taking a toll on them and um the one point I wanted to make was I think a lot of people watching the show are quick to be like well why don't they just move back to Connecticut why don't their parents just take them out of you know like social media and I I thought I put some thought into this because I would be lying if I said I didn't have those thoughts too when you are given an opportunity like this, you are one in a million, if not one in like smaller odds than that, you know, like you are one in a million who, who else would feel like they, you almost feel ungrateful to not seize the opportunity because it's like, this is so rare. This doesn't happen to anyone. What are they not supposed to take this opportunity? So I think they're struggling between feeling that pressure of like, we were handed this and we need to do something with it but then also trying to navigate what that means. So I get why they're pursuing it. Also, like, you make a lot of money, and if this is your passion or you figure out that it's your passion or, like, you know, it happened for a reason. Yeah. So it is hard to give up, and it's also hard to just, like, it doesn't just shut off when you move back home. That's the other thing. Like, the reason why they moved out of Connecticut, I believe, was because people were showing up through their home address. Like, either way, these girls now are famous. And even if they move home, they won't be able to just, like, go to the pizza place without being swarmed. Like, they're known at this point. I think it's – they're too far in. And they became too – they became too famous too quick. Like, within one year, to grow that big of an audience, it's, like – even Charlie said, she was like, I didn't do anything any different than any other kid. I was just posting to social media. I don't know why people followed me. Like, she doesn't even get it. So, I don't know. I think it's easy for us to look and be like, why are these parents putting them through this? I kind of think it's like they probably say to the kids, okay, let's pack it up. And the kids are like, no, I want to continue. So, I don't know. Just, it, it was really sad. I recommend you guys watch it. Even if you're not familiar with them, um, it was just a really good thing to help you understand like mental health associated to social media lastly because I'm running out of breath and I need to eat lunch um Piper and Brendan on Bachelor in Paradise did you watch um okay first of all why is Chris and Alana getting more hate than Piper and Brendan I think we'll see it play out this upcoming week my biggest issue with this entire thing is the fact that I don't really think what Chris and Alana did was like that bad. Like, no, I think their simmer their situations were very similar, and but I think Brendan's was worse. No, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that that's why it's weird that they're like Chris and Alana are getting more attraction. Like that whole situation is getting more hate. Yeah. So, um, yeah really weird um I do think though Chris shouldn't have been making out with this girl in front of um Jasenia's face also huge Jasenia fan absolutely love her also I met a lot of the Bachelor in Paradise the Bachelor girls during fashion week I met Rachel Kirkconnell um Kit super nice really really nice girls I thought they were super down to earth um but that's besides the point I digress I just think I think Brendan I'm curious what his ex-wife thinks. 
oh my god I forgot he has an ex-wife I know like I respect her for not speaking out I don't think she should like trash him but I wonder if in her head she's like the world is seeing what he put me through mm-hmm. right like I'm so curious like he's divorced and I'm so freaking curious what she thinks because she's probably like yep I feel that val- like validated exactly again I have no idea what they I mean maybe she cheated I have no idea like it could have been yeah. whatever situation but I just knowing he has like an ex I'm so curious um I just think he was sly he was super rude to Natasha, saying she has no options. I think she's one of the prettiest girls on that damn beach. She's such a great catch. Like, she's so mature and beautiful and fun. And for him to basically act like he did her a favor is just gross. Like, really, really gross. And the way him and Piper were talking about followers and this and that. Listen, they all go there for followers. I don't care what anyone says. So, I kind of hate when everyone else gets on their high horse. Like, you're not here for the right reasons. It's like, yeah, neither are any of you. Like, you're all there for followers and potentially love. Yeah. You're there for both. But I think half the people are playing it as a game, and then the other half is playing it more to find love. Like, looking for someone. Yeah. Like, like I think Natasha was someone, looking for right. someone. Yeah. Um, and Brendan clearly, like, had this plan in his mind to wait for Piper and – then she came on the beach. Yeah, so I had these opinions last week where I was like, I don't care if you have met before the beach as long as you come and you're transparent about it. Right. And I was kind of like, that's the issue here. Like, none of you are being honest about having known each other. But I listened to um, Natasha, Joe, and Tasha. They have a podcast. And Natasha was like, I very vocally on the beach said that I'd met Piper. She's like, they didn't air it. So maybe they are all having those conversations and we're not seeing it happen. But that's on production. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like production, I said this last week, is meddling so much and honestly ruining the show. Like, you have to show us those conversations of people saying they know each other because it helps us put the pieces together. And also, and then I'll stop ranting, also, they're putting the contestants on this show, like, in such a bad spot for their own mental health because if they're leaving out huge pieces of the story and then the entire internet is ganging up on these people, it's like the show has a responsibility to control the narrative and they're making us like rally against people. Like I'm sure Brendan feels like shit right now. Yeah, it's really tough because these are real people in actuality. Yeah. And like the amount of followers that people are talking about that Brendan lost. and Piper lost, like it's over apparently Brendan lost over a hundred thousand but think about I was trying to just put myself in his shoes like if you just wake up and that happens like you probably feel awful like so low because you're like wow the a hundred thousand people don't like me yeah like that's a lot to swallow and I guess my I'm not defending him by the way at all but my point is like I think the show has a responsibility for protecting like the mental health of cast members and if they're leaving out crucial pieces of information like that's messed up no yeah although he was wrong like I think we'll call a spade a spade like he was wrong to begin with and Piper was kind of smug and but I'm sure that there is there's literally three sides to every story I'm sure that you know he had his chance to defend himself and they probably didn't air that either just playing devil's advocate I guess my point is that like, at least from Natasha's perspective, because she spoke about it, she's like, I said I met her. Like, we had a whole conversation, and we didn't see that. So it sounds like 
feels like they're being more sneaky than they made. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I'm too hungry, guys. I need to go eat lunch. I'm like about to pass over. Um, but thanks for listening this week. I will be back next week with another great interview. Write in, DM me. Let me know what kind of topics you want me to discuss. I think it's time I bring on someone to talk like about food freedom again. It's been quite a bit. And um, maybe I think you guys were saying you want like a financial advisor and or someone to talk about manifesting. So those are topics I'm interested in exploring. So write into me and let me know what you want me to explore. If there's something on that list or if there's something that I haven't yet touched on that I can, um, let me know. And I will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, all of the things. I love you guys. Bye. Bye.